Hi, and welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, with my podcast team here to talk about uh, wrapping up 2015 and starting 2016. And today we have Luke Marson, Brandon Toombs, Martin Gillette, and Sven Ringling. Hi, guys. It's a Friday that we're recording this. We're all looking forward to uh, knocking out early if we can, or um, just getting out and and relaxing. It's been a year end gets really busy, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and speaking of year end, um, this is our year end wrap up and look forward podcast, and it's where we talk about um, what we thought of the the current year and what we're looking forward to in the next year. Like you know, what's our wish list for 2016? So I thought it would be fun to go back to our podcast of year end 2014 to see. What was our wish list for 2015? And I made a few notes there, and I'm going to ask the, the guys here if their wish list came true. And uh, just to comment on that, and then talk about what they're looking forward to for 2016. So, um, Luke, I'm, I'm going to start with yours because uh, I think it was one that we did see a lot of work on, and I'm curious about what you thought. But um, a year ago, you said you were looking forward to. On your wish list, some improvement in training and certification, uh, letting customers do more of the config and setup and success factors, and um, basically improving the training and um, and certification experience. So that was your wish list. Did it come true? I would have to say that uh, for the most part, yes. Good. Um, it's been a pretty how would I put it? It's been pretty positive in many of those aspects. Certainly, um, training and certification has been revamped, and we've seen new, um, a new professional level certification um, introduced to replace the the previous one. It's a little bit more tougher, a little bit more um, rigor required, which is good because it means that those who attain that level really have got the type of experience that customers should be looking for in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, configurability, certainly, particularly with Employee Central, a lot of functionality has moved into the user interface. So customers are now able to maintain a lot of the objects going forward, um, able to add and change fields, create their own rules and assign them and whatnot. Now, there's still some way to go, um, Mm -hmm. but excellent progress has been made, and I'm looking forward to more of the same over the next uh, six to twelve months from that end. That's great. So uh, that was my um, feeling too that we've come a long way with that. So um, it's good for everyone. So what are you looking forward to for 2016? What's what's on your wish list for 2016? Well, one of the things that I've noticed um, over the uh, over the previous twelve months, and and was was prevalent before that, but still seems to be prevalent is that customers still don't really understand um, how to move to the cloud. Mm -hmm. They still don't really understand what they have to do to be um, a really um, critical element of their company. You know, that they still are trying to look at, you know, what do I need to do to get that seat at the table that we've been talking about for as long as we can all remember? Mm Mm-hmm. And I've, I've worked with a lot of customers um, this year. SAP have brought me in to work with a lot of customers as well to help them get through this and understand it. And 
it's very much a process of trying to understand your vision and, and your strategy, um, your readiness now and where you want to be and, 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 and tying HR goals to the, co- the goals of the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, my, my prediction is that next year, many organizations are still going to be um, kind of poking around in the dark, looking for that light switch to fix their problems and maybe thinking cloud is just going to fix the problems mm-hmm. when cloud is just the enabler that they need. And mm-hmm. so I just feel, I, I, I just feel that um, you know, next year is going to be another year of uh, customers not quite knowing what they need to do to, to get to the cloud and to make H and more importantly to make HR world class organization that can support the rest of their uh, company. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's an age old problem. I'm you know, I first started working HR and payroll back in the late eighties, early nineties. And I heard the same things back then, you know, seat at the table, which I, that's a term that I really dislike. But um Likewise. yeah, that sort of thing. And and you know, we're still talking about it. So it's it must be a challenge and obstacle for for organizations if we haven't achieved it. I think I, I think some companies have Luke, and I think you'd agree with that. But uh, yep. probably the majority are still uh, I like your term fumbling around in the dark for the light switch. Yeah, and I think a lot of organizations, uh, you know, they know they've got to do something, and cloud has become this kind of enigma to solve that. Mm-hmm. And it can and it can be part of that solution, um, but they. But there's other things that need to be done, and moving to the cloud is not just swapping out a piece of technology. It, it's a, it's a road to transformation, mm-hmm. and it and and it and it's part of that long-term path that they have to take to become, you know, um, you know, a, a huge support to the organization, not just you know, people who are who are making sure you get paid and and mm-hmm. and making and making sure that uh, people don't say bad words in performance <laughs> ratings in performance reviews. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, transformation is the tough part. And so that maybe that's uh, the issue there. So, Martin, I wanted to, to get to you uh, because I know you've, you've got to drop off after a while. And, you know, you're lucky you weren't on record at the end of last year. I guess you couldn't make that podcast. So um, I don't have anything to to um, for you to to look back and say, did it happen or not? But what are you looking forward to in 2016? What's what's on your mind for 2016? Yes, thanks to you. Um, well, first of all, I, I agree most of it uh, with what Luke has put up front. There's still a lot of, um, I wouldn't call it confusion, but a lot of opportunity for customers to embrace the change. But, you know, SAP is moving so fast nowadays that it's still work in progress. And basically what I would wish for is... Uh, a better use of the alternative that SAP is currently offering, uh, namely, for instance, Sub Fury and Persona, because there is a huge, uh, let's say, amount of quick wins that we can uh, establish over there. And in the last couple of months, um, I've seen a tremendous amount of uh, small, tiny projects to enhance the user, let's say, experience on the, over the system, not to mention a smooth transition through the cloud. So um, it's actually good for us. It's a good sign. And it just means that it's still work on progress on many, uh, many levels. Mm-hmm. So you're looking forward to more of, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you have a, a good point there. There's a lot that companies can do for some incremental benefits. Um, and SAP has given that to them with Fiori and with their personas. Um, you know, I guess one of the things I would just 
ask you and, and see what you think. You know, what's what's the trade-off though? I mean, if I put energy into that, why not put energy into um, you know, going further down into the, the, the cloud path or to actually doing some of this transformation that, that Luke was talking about. So, you know, where do you find that balance? Well, the main issue is always, I guess, uh, the main driver is always pro probably the budget and the timing. So I don't know mm -hmm. what you guys have seen on the market, but for most customers I've been with, uh, it takes a lot of maybe time to actually get the business, you know, on board. That's one thing. And first of all, uh, when, once you do uh, an investment in a system, the way it goes is you cannot swap, you know, within six months, within one year. So those are mid-term, long-term projects that you need to invest in. Mm -hmm. So probably it's coming up actually now. So the, the market is getting maybe a bit more mature to receive those kind of new functionalities and getting ready to install them. So in between, rather than just sitting there doing nothing, we can still grab the opportunity to use the different channels, the different means that SAP has provided us. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not just a you know, one-shot effort and all achieved over 12 months. Of course, there's been a tremendous, you know, fair amount of customers who have made the step forward, but, you know, most customers are still maybe, some of them, in transition phase. So uh, You got some good points there, uh, Martin, and I think some of those things are going to be echoed, I would bet, from what Brandon and Sven are going to talk about next. So, Brandon, last year, um, when we talked about this, you were talking all about clarity on the roadmap, you know, between on-premise and cloud, right? Yes. And, and what approach should customers take, you know, because there's HR Renewal, Fiori, um, which Martin just mentioned. Um, and, you know, we talked about roadmaps a lot on the podcast. And, um, you know, I have my own opinion on that, but I want to I get what yours is. And, and did we make progress on that? Was it a, a wish come true or was it a bomb? I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily call it a bomb, but I will say from a from a uh, uh, roadmap uh, point of view, I, I don't know that we necessarily got all the clarity that we wanted, particularly on the on the on premise side. Um, so, uh, you know, I think what what I see what it seems to me like is a lot of the Fiori work that's gone on to uh, up to up to now is more about just kind of. Uh, uh, mollifying or making sure that customers are don't panic too much um, as opposed to really f uh, completely fully filling in uh, a, a full Fiori solution for on-premise. And so it becomes very, very challenging. And, and, it's, and it's hard when I'm talking with customers right now, uh, although it's getting more clear and I'll get to that uh, more when I get to my predictions. Um, but for customers right now, they, they do tend to have may, maybe a little bit more budget than they did in prior years because of where we're at in the economic cycle. And as we all know, HR usually gets their, uh, their budgets um, for their projects much, much later on in the economic cycle than, than maybe some of the other profit centers within the business. And so now the customers are saying, hey, I, I, you know, the, the purse strings have loosened up a bit, and I probably have one shot at, 
at investing in something. So mm-hmm. uh, tell me, what do I invest in? Do I do I uh, I feel pretty good about my SAP HR system, uh, but we need something that's mobile enabled. That are, that's what my customers are really really uh, wanting, or or the, what their businesses are demanding. And so the question then becomes, well, how can we do that? Well, we could do that by uh, investing in Fiori, um, but the the problem with that is that Fiori for uh, uh, for SAP on premise is uh, halfway done at this point. Uh, they've done an excellent job uh, on what they've done up to now. As a matter of fact, I would say up until maybe the last quarterly release, uh, on premise was a little bit further along on mobility than uh, the cloud was in a lot of areas, but. What I'm concerned, what what concerns me is I don't know necessarily there is a uh, a full commitment uh, from SAP to uh, to uh, to filling in all of those gaps. So, for example, uh, the ability to edit things online, um, like uh, update addresses and things like that via Fiori, I don't know that the that there's a commitment necessarily to to do that through. Uh, SAP on-premise, where I'm, I'm uh, pretty sure we can say that that commitment is there for uh, imp- on the uh, on the cloud side. Mm-hmm. So you know that I, I guess that's the point. Uh, you know, it's just it's to the point now where SAP really needs to come out and say, um, and and I know that they they keep turning the dial a little bit more and a little bit more towards okay, uh, we're, before it was. Uh, we want you to think about cloud, and then it's there, there's two equal solutions. Now it's cloud is the future, and I think it's it's to the point where they owe it to their customers to say, look, you have a stable solution, and we're not go- we're not taking you away from that anytime soon. But uh, just to let you know, we are probably not going to be doing these heavy investments on Fiori side to really round that out. Mm-hmm. Over the next uh, two or three years. So if you're looking at doing a, a you know a big ticket project, you 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 you're much more uh, more aligned with the future if you in and do the investment or or save up the pennies for an employee central implementation if that's truly where they're going because what's what ha- what can happen right now I'm afraid is that customers are going to say. Uh, start in on a Fiori project and then get halfway through and realize that SAP is not going to finish it out. And so they're left with either building out the rest of the solutions for themselves or they are just basically left with a, mm-hmm. with a half-finished product. Yep, yep. So what's your, what are you looking forward to in 2016 or what's your prediction for 2016 on that? More of the same or more clarity? Um, so I would say probably um, there is going to be more clarity my guess is there's going to be a lot more clarity to where they're going to be tell you know directing customers to say look you really do need to think about the cloud and get and push further into that uh, arena and I, I and it may be a matter of, it, it, whether it's whether it's something where they say explicitly or something where they say implicitly by lack of communication on the on-premise side and and maybe that's really what we'll be seeing because uh for example i don't think we've got anything from the latest uh, fiori wave uh having to do with uh, with hcm uh so the the more you know the lack of discussion maybe on the on-premise side is going to be what you're going to be listening to and, and customers are going to probably start really thinking about um uh pushing further in so i i think that what you're going to see um is Customers that are uh, even somewhat on the fence with 
going on premise or on cloud, if they if they feel like that they can move forward, even if it's not a complete fit right now, they're going to say, I've got the budget now. I'm going to be moving forward uh, on the cloud because uh, I know this is the future. And if I don't do it now, uh, the economic cycle may may turn and I may not have those dollars available. And so my prediction is we really will start seeing this is going to be kind of the tipping point, And we're going to see uh, a whole lot more employee central coming down the pike. Um, than uh, than we did even this year, which yeah. was a big year. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. That we'll see more of that in 2016. And um, you brought up some good points, some good ones, and I think we'll probably get back to a couple of those because after we hear from Sven, I kind of want to open this up for some uh, some discussion here. So, Sven, last year you said um, you were all about uh, integration, right? Integration uh, concurred SAP to success factors, payroll integration with Concur. Um, a lot of that, and um, and then also just, you know, I think you made a point, um, which is very valid, that there's still a lot of life left on the SAP HCM on-premise side of things, and so no need to panic. Uh, there's still a lot of life remaining there. Remaining there. So, um, did your wish list come true for that integration? And uh, you know, what 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 do you want to look forward to for next year? Well, I guess in the integration, particularly where I was focusing on uh, last year around integrating Concur, uh, where I hoped that it would be a faster move from SAP than it was on success factors. I'm afraid it's not yet quite there where, where I had hoped it to be last year at, at this point, but um, it also looks pretty sure that it's going to be faster uh, than it was with uh, or is still working process and some, to some extent uh, regarding success factors so that we can be pretty confident that the, the new integration packages for Concur are coming out step by step uh, between Q2 and Q4 uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it, still, it still seems to slow for some customers, so there's also opened up a window of opportunity for partners. Um, our German colleagues have started to, to implement custom interfaces, template-based interfaces already for some customers who need something in uh, faster. So maybe it's a, a, a healthy mix that at the end of the day SAP will offer um, out-of-the-box integrations, but some partners may have special solutions that, that do a little bit more. We will see. Um, yeah, but I said it's a bit slower, but I'm quite optimistic that we are getting there quite soon. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding the life in, in on-premise, um, well, there definitely is, and uh, the, the positive element of that is that SAP is still doing some improvement work, no big things, but the improvement pieces they do based on customer feedback, they are often very, very well received, so it's not quite completely abandoned. Um, but it's also a negative element, I'm actually seeing more life in on-premise with some customers than I would hope for. Um, Today, just before the, the podcast, I was working on a performance management project on-premise, and I had to do on-premise workflow again, which I mm-hmm. uh, hadn't had to do for some time. And after you've seen these things in success factors, you just really lose the will to live <laughs> <laughs> if you go into this uh, ancient technology. Um, so, yeah, and maybe that would be my wish to see less life there. Uh, particularly in talent um, in a lot of customer systems. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, being German, I'm allowed to be negative. So um, there, there's something else I wish not to hear a lot anymore. And, and that's the words or the sentence, moving our HR system into the cloud <laughs> and the word blueprint. Because um, if, if somebody says we want to move our existing HR system into the cloud, why would you want to do that? You could just move the servers next door. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing changes if you move the same thing somewhere else. It's just trouble to move your over-customized things into the cloud and try to replicate it there. So I think that this sentence, it ties into what Luke said. It's also, it already displays the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. I have a completely new way of doing things, new opportunities. And I tie down these opportunities by uh, yeah, bringing up the, the chains from on-premise into the cloud. You need to go step back and see what can I do with, with the new options. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then talking about Blueprint, um, it, it's still happening that you have uh, half-year, nine-month projects where customers want to define in detail uh, how the new system should look like. It hasn't worked on, in, in on-premise very well. And if you consider how fast things move, it won't work at all in the cloud. You will define things to be uh, done in, in a very complicated way. At the start of your blueprint, when you get to the end of your blueprint, it's already in the standard solution in a much better way. Mm-hmm. I think we, we somehow have to get away from this... Uh, this way of thinking, of defining exactly how the solution should look like. And I think we have to get away from buying processes to buying capabilities. And then say, I, I know I buy the system that can do this for us, but I don't have to define the exact position, length, and color of the fields now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably, that's maybe why Luke is also perceiving that the the difficulties, it's a huge change of mindset to go away from this defining processes to defining capabilities and then uh, use them as, as good as you can. Mm-hmm. So is that your wish for 2016? Is that uh, clients and consultants get better at that? And, you know, I, so... Embed- yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's, that would be my, my big vision. I I'm, I'm don't expect it to uh, come completely through 2016, I think we all need to learn um, how how to use these changed mm-hmm. uh, tools. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, probably uh, maybe I, I call it dream rather than wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's the the big one, and, and then maybe looking a little bit more into details. Um, and a wish that's probably easier to fulfill is uh, seeing customers with low and medium level complexities to use uh, Employee Central for their, for their time management using time-sheeted time off, um, going, going away from the uh, existing time schemas. Mm-hmm. And I, another thing is I really hope to see far more mid-market organizations uh, using uh, success factors to, to be able to compete with the large brands on the labor market. Mm, yeah. So, so Sven, I got a 
question for you. So are you seeing a lot of uh, implementations that are just really, are they following the, the older kind of on-premise methodology? Because I'm actually seeing a little bit of the opposite problem in the U.S., which is sometimes the, the, the processes or the methodologies they use don't seem like they have enough structure in them, um, but they are diametrically opposed to what you're talking about, where uh, you know maybe the, the, the implementation is all remote and it's supposed to be a couple of months where uh, before the, the on-premise implementation for the same company was two years heavily uh, on site. I mean, to the point to where, okay, there's got to be a middle ground in there somewhere to where there is some, some time to be to be in front of the customer and to do some of the business process work. Um, so I, I was just curious, do you, do you feel like that the customers and the consulting firms are just using the old methodologies or, or what is it that you're seeing over in Europe? It's, um, as you say, it's probably the extremes and, and not, not as much in the, in the middle as you would hope it uh, to be. Um, but particularly in Germany, we do the, see this attitude that we define the process in, in all detail. Um, and then expect the system to deliver that, which isn't working because you, you can't change everything in the way you're used to. Uh, and in many cases, you would actually find the system uh, can do something even better than you wrote down, but it's not what you wrote down. I do see this uh, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, there are certainly other things, but I, th I think we, we do have to acknowledge that we can't plan ahead as far as we used to mm -hmm. and this as you mentioned clarity earlier there needs to be some clarity i agree with that but at the the speed of change we just can't expect to know how systems will look like in in four years so that's more what i think i don't i don't advocate to go into a project without knowing what you want without structure you need to know what you want to achieve, but not necessarily exactly how this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to give people an excuse to say, oh, cloud means we just look at it and then uh, take what we find and make the best of it. You, you need to know what you want to achieve. You need to know what your business needs. Mm -hmm. um, and you somehow need to get to the conclusion that, yeah, this, this is the right tool to use but then use it to the best of its capabilities rather than tie it down to something that's been written down a year before. Mm. You know, as, as you guys were talking, I was kind of uh, thinking that, you know, we, we talk a lot and the industry talks a lot about um, whether we do implementation remote or on-site. You know, like you said, Brandon, it's a, the R3 implementation there was a two-year on-site implementation and the the... Uh, cloud implementation was remote and much shorter. I don't remember how much shorter. Um, but, you know, all of the the length of project and the remote versus on-site, to me, it sort of doesn't address the, the real issue, which is what do we need to do to help our customers transform their HR functions? Getting back to where Luke started again. He started started us off in a great point, I think. You know, we're not really seeing the transformation in... Maybe it's because we're focusing on uh, things that are too IT focused, like how long is the project, right? That's always something in IT. It's you know we want to hit this date, all right. So let's back up. How do we 
how do we fund and, and resource a project to make the date? And, you know, we talk about remote versus on-site, you know, as, as consultants, that's uh, a, a big issue for us. But, um, you know, how often are we really talking about what's our plan, what do we need to do to achieve the HR transformation that we desire? And, you know, I've, I've helped some customers with that, and, and it's, it's really tough work, and it's lengthy, and it's sort of messy sometimes, and it's hard to put a time frame on it. And maybe, you know, I don't know, Luke, what you think about, but maybe that's part of um, the reason that HR transformation is proving to be so difficult. We're focusing on the wrong things, and focusing on the right thing is just really hard work. I, th- I think to some extent you're right, and I think it goes back to some of the points that I was making that people look at the cloud as the solution. And I think, again, people are looking too much from a technology perspective as opposed to a solution perspective. And it's something we've seen, all of us, at some point, um, that you get certain technicians or consultants, as they like to call themselves, on projects, just taking requirements and just building things. And you begin to lose sight of actually what it is that you were trying to do, what problem you were trying to solve in the first place. Mm And that's kind of going away with the cloud because you need to be less of a technician. You need to be more business-minded. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the benefits that I'm seeing. But I, I do think to some extent there is uh, you know, more, more focus required and, and, and certainly less technology focus. Just remember that technology is there to enable you. It's not going to be the be-all and the end-all and, and the solution to your problems mm-hmm. and your challenges. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the, the point you mentioned with, with doing things completely remote, it can play into this. Most human beings I know um, find it easier to trust something when, when they can talk to, to somebody face-to-face. Uh, the technical part, you can probably do it remotely, but if you want people to change their mindsets and go into something that's perceived as very different and unknown and then just looking into somebody's eyes and say trust me I've done this before it works um, can probably help a lot uh, on letting things go mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree there's um, you do lose some communication and some rapport with clients when everything is remote um, it's it changes the dynamic of, of how the work gets done, but also um, on the client relationship. And, you know, there's probably um, some cases where it's appropriate, where a client says, you know, for some reason, I just really need to slam this in. And I'm not looking to do much transformation because my old software platform is, it's a burning platform and I just need to, to shove this in. So, you know, I would say at some points that's appropriate, but um, Luke, what would you have to add on this? Yeah, you know, I've been working for quite a while on the cloud model. And even prior to the cloud, you know, I worked on a lot of projects with a balance of on-site and remote. And I think, you know, where we're moving, there is definitely a shift away from, you know, four or five days a week, every week Mm on-site. But the the, the perceived cloud model of being, you know, um, pretty much a completely remote model, I think, is not beneficial to customers. Mm-hmm. There is definitely um, a balance to be found between um, um, uh, on-site and remote working. And I totally agree with your points about 
um, you know, the face-to-face time and being there and being able to sit down with somebody and talk to them and go through something, um, it, it, it just, it's just very, it is very different and, and has many different benefits. And, you know, not everybody can interact the same way remotely as they can face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Many of us probably um, can can interact much better when we're face-to-face. There are some people who are experts at interacting, whether they are on the phone or they're standing in front of you, but it's not a skill everyone has. And I think the more your people are away um, from you when you're trying to, to build a solution, understand how it's going to work and you've got questions, the harder that becomes. Mm-hmm. And you're right, there are some points when you can you can be remote you know I, you know you just got to configure this and, and you don't want to configure some things but in order to get to to that point you have to be there to work with a customer to get the design then you have to be there to show them and work with them and you know make sure that you tweak it into something that 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 works for them and just being over the phone through web meetings the whole time doesn't really create the right level of engagement needed to get to the point where you can provide the real solution mm-hmm. that the customer needs yeah yep so uh, another thing that we've, you know, we, we've all touched on uh, to one degree or, or another is is clarity in the roadmap. And um, you know, Brandon, I think this was one of the the big things you talked about. And you know, my perspective on this, I think I think SAP has been pretty clear on the roadmap to the degree that they can be. Um, I think it's it's really tough for a software vendor to go too far into the future on a roadmap because. Um, Things do change, and they don't want to box themselves in um, as far as options go. But uh, it, it's pretty apparent to me that the roadmap is clear, which is on-premise is mature, and it's not going to get a whole lot of enhancements. Success factors, employee central is where all the new investment's going. So you know, even at just a high level there, if you put things in those two buckets, I think that that gives customers a lot of information. But um, I've seen customers who are just... I think in denial that their on-premise solution now is considered mature and it's not going to get significant investment and that R3 is going to have a sunset in 2025 or shortly after that. So, um, you know, I, I kind of feel for SAP. They have a tough job on their hands. Um, I don't know what 12,000 or 14,000 HCM customers worldwide. Um, and maybe what guys, maybe a thousand by now on employee central. Luke, do you have a number? It's it's there 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 are getting close to a, a thousand employee central customers uh, live. It's probably a bit lower because a lot of uh, you know it's a core HR implementation and takes some time. Um, but there's there's four, four to five hundred, roughly. Yep. So that's still a long way off from the many thousands that SAP has globally. So, um, you know, I, they also have to manage this. You know, uh, the success factors infrastructure has to be able to manage it to take it on. And they have to build that out to, for all the capacity. Um, the consulting ecosystem has to be built out to support that. Um, so I can see why SAP would be. Um, yeah, I think that there's just it's it's a delicate uh, situation for them to handle. And honestly, I think that they're doing a pretty good job at it. Um, I think that some customers just aren't ready to hear it. It's my opinion. And let's also not lose sight of the fact that it's not. 100% cloud-based or, or multi-tenant-based right now anyway. I mean, we still yeah. have we still have an on-premise payroll. And as a matter of fact, most customers, um, if they decide, if they're a payroll customer, a lot of them are 
going to be faced with a decision, okay, I'm going to employ Central. Now what do I do with my payroll? I have one of two options. I can either uh, shift it all to the, uh, the, the cloud payroll, the EC payroll, or I can keep my payroll on premise and therefore and, and thereby just do the interfacing back end for the minimal amount of data I need in order to keep my payroll up and running. Mm-hmm. That is so if you think about it, that means that until they come out with a full cloud solution, which includes cloud payroll, uh, that that and, and part of it is SAP is a victim of their own success. Their on-premise yeah. payroll is such a good product and is so stable that it's going to take them a while in order to build out a cloud solution, a true cloud solution that can replicate that kind of functionality. So it it may I think that makes it just a little bit more complex and and for people as they're trying to navigate this and trying to decide. So hopefully, you know, if I've got one wish list item, I would say maybe a a little bit more of a future direction around the the cloud payroll and how people Mm -hmm. are going to be able to shift completely to the the cloud, which is where everybody really wants to go. Yeah. And and Brandon, that's a good point because that was something that you and Jarrett mentioned last year too. You know, um, true multi-tenant payroll, and and I'm I'm fully behind that. I've been working with this payroll system since the early '90s, and you're right; it's a victim of its own success to a degree. Not only do thousands and thousands of customers use it on-premise worldwide, there's also a couple of very large payroll outsourcing firms like ADP and Northgate, Arenzo, who uh, utilize SAP payroll in their outsourcing operations. So in addition to SAP's customers, they have some pretty strong uh, BPO interests. Yeah, it's true. And so um, yeah, I can see you know, SAP is in a tough spot on that because it, uh, you don't develop a, a global payroll system with that sort of capability overnight. And uh, it takes a lot of work, a lot of investment. It's not sexy work, it's payroll. But um, yeah, I'm, I would love for them to see to, to start that. I hope they have a skunk works somewhere working on that, but they're not going to tell me, not going <laughs> to tell anyone for sure. <laughs> I know that, but that's my wish. That's my wish for 2016 is that I hear something on multi-tenant payroll from, uh, from SAP. Uh, so we'll see, but uh, yeah, I think roadmap clarity is a big deal and uh, HR transformation is so um, interesting stuff, guys. Uh, you know, when we come back around this time next year, we'll, uh, I'll bring these back and we'll see what sort of uh, progress has been made. But it's been, it was a fun year this year and a lot of good stuff going on um, and some good conferences. And I, uh, I really encourage um, any of our listeners to try and get to the SAP Insider Conference or to Sapphire or to Success Connect and, you know, re- uh, reach out to us if, you, if you'd like to meet up at one of those conferences because we'll, we'll all be at uh, at least one of those conferences, if not more, this year. And, uh, you know, we all love to, um, to speak with customers when we get a chance. Great points, Luke. Thanks for adding that. We do love to talk about this sort of stuff. That's why we have a podcast. It makes it, makes it fun. All right, guys. Well, thanks for the discussion today. I really appreciate it, and, and uh, looking forward to seeing how 2016 shapes up. Uh, thanks for a great 2015. Uh, you know, we've had 10 or 12 of these podcasts, and really appreciate um, all of your contributions to it. Uh, you've made it fun and enjoyable and enlightening for me, and hopefully for our listeners too. 